Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Sunbury Motors, North 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. On a day where Doc Rivers has been fired, a guy I'm never going to fire. He may want to fire me, but that is Neil Kulong. Sir, welcome. We are joined forever. There will be no Sixers and, and uh, Doc Rivers situation going on, though. I'm, I'm kind of confused about myself. Oh, no, that's just a case right. of management. That's just a case of management saying, look, everybody, we did something. Okay, yeah, good for you. Yeah. You didn't yeah. solve the there problem. There's only but... so many moves he can make, right? I, I, yeah. I find it I, – I laughed at this. I, I put it out in social media just to yeah. kind of be a troll and see what people would react to. But <laughs> advancing your team to the playoffs and not winning a championship game gets – Certain NFL coaches, all kinds of job security. Oh <laughs> my goodness! People yes. noticed that, but it's you know I, I don't agree with that. I just think it's funny that you know you get you get sick of not winning championships in the NBA. It might not necessarily be the same in the NFL. No, it does not. Uh, we the last we talked, they had not put out the schedule yet. They did put out the schedule. I think leaked uh, like all of it except for two games. <laughs> <laughs> but they put it out on Thursday. What do you think of them? Let's let's start with the Steelers. What do you think of their schedule in terms of the uh, order of it? Uh, it's different, you know. I was thinking way back in the day when uh, I, we would go over the the schedule this time of the year, probably a little bit earlier. Yeah. And it was like, you know, they they've opened on the road two, three years in a row now, four years in a row now. We got yeah. used to it. Like two generations yeah. have gone by since they played week one at Hall. <laughs> yeah. That streak was just kind of more nostalgic to me than anything else, I guess. Yeah. But otherwise, it's it's schedule. You know, it. it uh, we knew who they were going to play. Um, there are always uh, tough stretches. Every team has a tough stretch of of opponents because, well, there are a lot of good teams in the NFL. There are a lot of teams that are similar to yours, uh, good and bad. Um, I think ending a season, the last two on the road, the last one being at Baltimore is is noteworthy, but I'm not sure um, it will really matter in the grand scheme of things because, if anything, what we've seen from the Steelers the last couple of years is it's the early season that costs them, not the end. So, right. That's um, right. It, it, uh, it's It's the type of schedule you would have expected them to have back in February when you knew who the opponents were. Mm-hmm. We are basing all of the strength of the opponent on what we knew of them last year. We don't know who they're going to be in September. We have a sense of that, but we don't know. Um, we never do. I think one thing that, that's as close to a sure thing in the NFL as we can get is that Kansas City is going to be a pretty good team. Kansas City's not on their schedule, so right there, that's a that's a bonus. Um, I think they have a very competitive division. I think they will battle. Uh, to three wins within that division, I wouldn't be surprised if um, only one team has four wins. You know, it, it, it's a tough mm-hmm. set of games. They're all uh, pretty close to each other, and I think they all got better in some way. So uh, again, they'll they'll uh, they'll battle the way that they do there, and uh, you you hope that you know one or two games can flip their way, sort of the way that it did last year, and, and certainly the year before, and they can come away. I I think. You know, ten and seven uh, is a reasonable expectation. And as you know, I, I felt uh, I I have felt this team grossly outkicked its coverage the last two years for where I thought they would be at the beginning yep. of the year. I think this year they've definitely mm-hmm. put 
the right moves together, and I think they will take a step forward um, and be more consistent uh, over 17 games. And the schedule is not a large component of that in my mind. I think they're playing NFL-caliber teams. They're better than some of them. They're not better than others. They'll win some games they, they shouldn't, and they'll probably lose a few, but they should win. Uh, but I, I think 10 wins is a realistic um, set of circumstances uh, for what they have in front of them. I read Steve Buckley's column today, and in the column, he, now of course, he covers the Patriots, and Christmas Eve this year is a Sunday. Well, it turns out that, quote, Sunday night football will be played at 8.15 Eastern time, 6.15 in Denver when the Patriots take on the Broncos. I know the NFL dominates anything, and they play whenever they want, Black Friday, three games on Christmas Day and so forth. Was there any – what did you think about having a Christmas Eve – I know people are going to watch it, so I know they'll watch it. But the thought of a Christmas Eve primetime game, I think I think they would be wise to try not to saturate the life market. You know, there, there kind agree. of comes a point. I, I, see, I agree with you. I agree with you completely, Neil. I think that's what they're doing. Sometimes I think you've got to sacrifice a rating to do like, hey, look, you know what? It's family time. You know, everybody in the NFL, including the Broncos and the Patriots, should be able to be home if you celebrate Christmas Eve. I, I think you've got a triple header on Christmas Day. <laughs> you uh, do. Yeah. You've, you've delved pretty deeply into that cave. You know, I'm not sure there, there are a whole lot of gems left to find. I, I don't, you know, that that's me. That's my opinion. Um, if you are looking at it strictly yep. bottom line, yeah, here's, here's a night that is largely unchecked and unchallenged in terms of ratings. Uh, in the United States. I think there's a reason for that, though, and I think that's probably what you should look at more than anything. Um, you're right, though. Yes, people will watch it. Um, to, to suggest everybody celebrates Christmas or Christmas Eve uh, isn't accurate in the United States, and, and you can make the argument that there is a market of people out there that uh, would like something like that for their own thing um, when right. other people are, are yep. doing something else. Um, I, I don't know if that's the NFL's place to, to bother um, I don't think it's worth it. I, I, I'd i have a tough time selling having to work Christmas Eve night and Christmas day night. Um, I, yeah. I prefer they didn't. <laughs> Maybe mm-hmm. I'm biased. Um, my opinion yeah. might not uh, be the best on the subject. I, I do agree, yes, people would watch it. If that is the only um, – if, if that's the only qualification within their philosophy – um, I, I think they need to, to, to you know, re-examine uh, that line of thinking. I, I don't think it's, I don't think it's a good idea for a variety of reasons. They don't need it, I guess, more than anything else. They've taken every other holiday within that time period and made it their own. Um, the NBA has had a, a stranglehold on on Christmas Day for however long. The NFL is trying to, to fight to get that out now. The NFL has Thanksgiving already. Uh, they've taken over New Year's Eve and New Year's Day, uh, largely from college nowadays. Um, I, I don't know if they need Christmas Eve. That's just me. Yeah, I agree with you. That's that's just me as well. And you know what? I'll end up watching the game anyway. All right, because they they usually like the Hawaii Bulls on. I usually watch like maybe a quarter and a half of that after everything settles down for the night. You're like, okay, it's like ten o'clock at nine, ten o'clock at night. It's like okay. 
So I admit I'll be one of the culprits. You know, even though I, I'll be celebrating, I'll be one of the culprits. Um, there's also going to be a playoff game on Peacock, which has lost, by the way, $700 million. Streaming is not the boom everybody thought it was going to be. And what is your thought of a wild card game on Peacock? Um, honestly, I, I don't care. Um, from a business perspective, I think it's one of those things they need to find out what the capabilities are. They need to iron yeah. out a process. Uh, that's right. no different than, you know, hey, I got an idea way back in the day. Let's, let's, uh, let's put a game prime time Thanksgiving night. Um, also back in the day, let's see what primetime football would look like if we put it on TV. What if we played on right. Monday? What would happen? You, you need that sense of exploration with this. And when it comes to uh, advancing to the next wave of technology, you've got to figure that out, and you're going to have to do it in real time. Um, the fact that it's a playoff game, um, you know, I, I don't have the numbers in front of me. Refresh me. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't think wild card playoff games get substantially higher ratings than regular season games do. That that's the thought. That no, they do head. not. I think I read that somewhere. They they, the they case, do not. The next round does. Yeah, the next round yeah, does, but not the opening a lot more round. Sense. But the the big thing yeah. with the NFL, I, I know this intimately in in the line of work that I'm in. There is something to be said about uh, the volume of work on a full slate of of games versus there being two three games. A lot of it is timing. When are they being played? I say this because, and I, I'm not afraid to say this publicly, the, the Super Bowl is the most overrated media event of the year, without question, of anything. Mm -hmm. It's one game. You have two fan bases only, and you have a bunch of people that casually watch it. Ratings go through the right. roof. People really don't care a whole lot about the game. Okay, When it comes down to it, as far as... Uh, your traffic goes as far as the audience that you can develop in a, in a digital space. It's no different than Monday Night Football, except everybody watched the game. Yeah. So you right. don't generate more. Media companies freak out over it. They they pour in tens upon tens of thousands of dollars into all this coverage. And at the end of the day, it's like you're missing the fact that this is a, a, a glorified party back backdrop. It's not an active event. People don't really sit and watch mm -hmm. the Super Bowl. Yes, there are a large amount of people that do. You know, people like, like you and me. We, we are into football. Right. We're going to break down the game. Sure. We enjoy that part of it. At the very least, we have work that we have to do with it. So we're going to pay attention to it. 140 right. million people watch the game. An overwhelming majority of those people don't care. It, it's not about that. Right. So right. the point right. that I'm making is you put it on streaming – you have to know what that technology can do. And I think they're choosing a playoff game symbolically to show that they're serious about it. When behind the curtain, the reality is they know that the ratings aren't really all that much bigger than a regular season game, if at all. Um, right. It's just they, right. they want to put it out in kind of a, a, a hype way and just suggest to advertisers, we're serious about this, so we're choosing – a marquee game between two allegedly good teams um, in a, a, a winner-go-home situation, that's a big deal to us. We're putting a lot of capital into this. I don't know how true that really is. I think it's kind of a good safety pick and certainly a lot better than Week 18. Mm -hmm. um, I, I yeah. can see why they would want to do this the way that they are. 
but eventually they're going to need not not that they're not i the, the experiences i've seen streaming so far to be honest have been fine um i i haven't really noticed a difference one or the other it's it's, it's fine to me no um yep it, we'll, we'll see what they do with with the, the peacock iteration of it but they're going to need to figure out how to get the widget from point a to point b uh, as the mm-hmm. technology increases to the point where they're probably going to do more of this. This is kind of laying the groundwork for, for the direction they want to go in. So um, well, gonna, it, it's inevitable. Gonna, it's gonna, good. Um, <clears throat> I'm not moved one way or another, I guess. Yeah, they're going to trade eyeballs, because you'll lose some, for fresh cash, because this is a $110 million deal for Peacock to carry this. $110 million. So... And the NFL, if nothing, is a money tree. Uh, last but not least, the third quarterback has been re-signed for the Steelers. That's Mason Rudolph. I uh, I sincerely thought I was done with, with Mason Rudolph. I know. And, I know. Um, he did this I'm to torture long, it, it, I'm getting into a long back and forth with a couple people on, on Twitter about this. I, I don't really understand. From an average fan perspective, I get they're not going to think much about paying a player a million cash versus another player three hundred thousand in cash. They don't really care about the, the the money involved. If you're Art Rooney, you you care about that. Doesn't matter how much money you yeah. have. You're you're right. not ignoring seven hundred thousand dollars. I don't understand what they'd be trying to get or what value they think is really going to come from putting another veteran uh, onto the roster and one that last year, though, paid much more than he's going to be paid now. Um, What is he bringing by not dressing for games? Is he the most expensive assistant coach on the roster? I, I, I I don't understand it. I will pose this, though without any reporting. This is just an experience-based opinion. I wonder if the, the, the one rookie they brought in, you saw Tanner Morgan play. You remember when he yeah. was a freshman back in 2009 or whenever sure that was. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know he is at best physically Duck Hodges. Yes. He is yes. not no doubt. A, a physical player. No um, doubt. I, I have connections with people who are around the Gophers program. They, they say the same thing about him. He's a great leader. He's a, yep. a high-character guy. He's yep. very smart. Nobody yep. confuses him for a high-level NFL prospect. No, no, I don't think he even confuses himself for a high-level NFL prospect. No, I think this he's smart one, enough to know he's not. You kind of thought, though, this is the type of guy. Look, you, you, you start for as long as he did in the Big Ten. Yeah. Uh, you're probably going to get a couple pro looks. Sure. Can he pick up as a backup? That's really what you're bringing him in to kind of figure out. Mm-hmm. I, I think they cut the cord pretty quickly because rookie minicamp's not really an evaluation. You know, they, right. they aren't really doing that. They're kind of showing him what to expect come minicamp, which team minicamp is what to expect come training camp. And are you in shape? I think Morgan got hurt. I'm just just a guess. It, it makes a lot more sense to me logically that if Morgan got hurt – you need a quarterback to come in and conduct stuff for right. minicamp. Right. Here's Mason Rudolph. Now, it makes sense, both sides. We need somebody that knows what they're doing in these things, which is Rudolph. 
This is not at all a guarantee to make the team, but it also puts your name out into the world, showing people that you're still working, you're still active, you were in a camp, you're doing stuff, you're not sitting on the couch. I don't know if he lasts much longer than that because financially he costs considerably more money than an average or below average player, an undrafted free agent player that you can bring in and start to groom to be a backup. And I know that, one, because the Steelers usually do that. Last year was an anomaly, okay? They paid a lot of money to keep Trubisky and Rudolph on that roster. And there's reason for that. They didn't know what they had with Pickett yet. It's insurance. I get it. That makes sense. Paying two veteran backup quarterbacks, though, seems redundant from a business perspective. If 2019 happens again and two your, your, your first two quarterbacks go down and you're stuck with Duck Hodges, yes, you'd probably rather have 2023 Mason Rudolph than 2019 Duck Hodges. But you, you cross that bridge when you get to it. Right now, they're 1,000 miles away from that bridge and no reason to think that they're ever going to have to cross it. So why would you make decisions based on that today? I don't see the logic in that. So I don't yeah. think he's going to last. I don't think he's going to be on the roster. I think this is just, you know, we have a need. You need to get out and throw the ball a bit. It gets your name out there a little bit. Let's do business together for, for you know, the next month or so. Um, I would point to this. This is exactly what the Packers did with Blake Bortles when Aaron Rodgers couldn't be bothered to, to go to minicamp and he wasn't sure if right. he was going to play and all that stuff. They brought right. Bortles in to run drills at camp. He got right. cut at the end of, of minicamp. They never expected to keep him on the roster, and they probably told him that. I, I hope that they told him that. It doesn't seem right to not tell him that. I Just my opinion, I think it, 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 it seems more like that's what Rudolph's highest and best value is right. for the Steelers right now. He can be a backup quarterback in the NFL. Um, teams are going to see what they have with their younger players before they, they get into signing uh, veteran backup quarterbacks. It happens all the time uh, come training camp, come July. He'll, he would have more looks than just a third-string quarterback right now, and I don't think the Steelers will want to pay him. The uh, uh, minimum for his uh, level of service is, is over a million dollars. I don't think they'd want to pay him that to be a third-string quarterback. Right. Um, that's that, just my opinion. Reminds me of that line from the movie Apollo 13 where Jim Lovell, whom I've had the privilege of interviewing, Right, looks at the other two astronauts who are arguing, and he says, look, there are 800 things that have to happen between now and then. We're up to number seven. Okay, <laughs> so, Yeah, exactly. All right. Not get too far ahead of ourselves. We don't need to worry about an emergency quarterback in May, okay? And if we do, it's to throw balls to the other undrafted free agents who aren't going to make peace. That's really what it is. Just mm-hmm. conduct a full camp. My friend, great week. Look forward to talking next week. Definitely. Thanks for having me, guys.